So when he had gone out, verse 31, Jesus said to him, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and if God is glorified in him, and if God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I, I, I shall be with you a little longer, but you will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible-teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. When Judas left, Jesus knew that everything was set in motion for his arrest, trials, humiliation, condemnation, beatings, crucifixion, and burial. He spoke of coming death as glorification. Now it was to happen. Jesus made five references to glory in the space of two verses, with good reason. The world looked at the cross and could only say, humiliated, disgraced, cursed. Jesus looked at the cross and knowing what would be accomplished at it, could truthfully say, glorified. Now let's join Pastor Rob as he concludes chapter 13 in the Gospel of John. He goes as it is written of him, but notice, here's the accountability, and here's what Judas heard from Jesus' own mouth. But woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. And then Judas, who was betraying, notice that, the current, the present tense, he was betraying him. He already started the betrayal, going back in time, maybe a day, maybe hours. He'd already started that process. He was betraying. Notice the continuous present tense. It would have been better for that man. And then Judas, who who was betraying him, answered and said, Rabbi, is it I? And Jesus said, it is as you said. And John, being on the right side of Jesus, could hear that. John was on Jesus' right side. Judas, the guest of honor, was on his left side. And as John was reclining up next to Jesus, he could overhear everything Judas and Jesus were talking about. That's why it's in his gospel. And then the disciples looked at one another, perplexed about whom he had spoke. Again, this bewilderment is really amazing. The only one who really knew what was happening was Jesus. The other disciples thought, you know, Judas is a great guy. He's one of us. He's carrying the bag. He's the guest of honor. Jesus must really love him. Man, I wished I was the guest of honor. So the last person they were thinking who would betray him would be Judas. And so uh, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. You know who that was? It was John. It was John. None other than John. And we know this because this triclinium that they would be at, this table that would only be a number of inches high, it would be this, this arrangement as they sat around the table. John being on the left side, 
The very first one, the bodyguard, Jesus being the host, right to the right of John, and then to the right of Jesus even, the guest of honor. That would be the place of the guest of honor, and that was Judas. And how could John make such a statement like this? The one whom Jesus loved was leaning on the breast. How could he make that comment? Very simply because he loved the Lord with all of his heart. He could make that comment because he loved Jesus. He loved and was willing to receive. Notice, he not only loved Jesus, but he's willing to receive the love of Jesus. Are you that type of person? Do you love the Lord and are you willing to receive his love? Even though none of us deserve it? Some people refuse to love Uh, be loved by God because they're hung up on the fact that they don't deserve it. They're still dwelling on something that they did back in 1975 or something that was done to them. They feel horrible, they feel dirty, they feel unworthy, and therefore they they refuse to receive the love of God. You know, that's part of it, giving and receiving. You give love and you receive love. God loved us first, and then we love him in return. Are you willing to receive the love of God? Are you still wallowing in something that happened back in the old days? Maybe it was last week. Maybe it was 1975. Maybe it was 1969 or 63. Something you did, something that happened to you still haunts you in the dark recesses of your heart and the hidden places in your heart. You're still thinking about it, and you're like, I can't believe I did that. I'm so ashamed, Lord. The Lord's like, I know. You know I still love you. I'm not angry. You've confessed it. You're a new creature in Christ. Old things are past. New things. All things have become new. All that old stuff. I don't even want to look at it again. It's it's done. It's you you. It's, it's done. Why are you looking at it when I have chosen to cast it away from me into the sea of forgetfulness, into the sea of non-remembrance? I can perfectly forget. And I choose to, based on the merits of my son's blood on the cross, I will never look at it again. So why are you continuing to sift through that stuff and get condemned all over again? Receive the love of God. That's how Peter, or excuse me, that's how John could say, the one whom Jesus loved. Jesus loved him because he loved Jesus. Or let me say that, uh, John loved Jesus because Jesus first loved him. He was able to receive that love And I don't think for a minute that John knew, thought that it was him, but he was humble enough to say, Lord, is it me? He didn't have any confidence in himself, even though he loved the Lord. I believe that the greater we love and the greater that we know we are loved is at least one of the keys to a blessed relationship with Christ. To know that we're loved and then to love him in return. So Simon Peter, verse 24, motioned to him to ask who it was whom he spoke, because remember, Peter's on the other side of the table. He's like, John, ask him what he means by that. And John's going, ask him, ask him on. Who is it? And then leaning back on Jesus' breast, John, leaning on his left elbow, his back facing Jesus, he leans back and he said, Lord, who is it? Who is it? How wonderful to have a clear conscience. A conscience is such a precious thing. We should be careful not to violate that conscience that God has given us. Our conscience can either be clear, we can have a clear conscience because we have peace 
Because we have the peace with God, we now have the peace of God to have a clear conscience like John to just lean back on Jesus' chest and know that it wasn't him, but he's like, Lord, who is it? And he would later say, Lord, is it, you know, who is it? Who is it? The Bible says that, and, but you can have a clear conscience or you can have a seared conscience. The Spirit expressly speaks that in the latter times, the days that we're living in today, that some will depart from the faith. It's happening. There are empty chairs here because people have left. And we're not the only ones. There are many churches in this country, after the shaking of COVID and the shaking of everything else, the tree has been shaken And I'm not saying that all of them have fallen away. I'm not saying that. Please understand that. Do you understand that? I'm not saying that they have. There are some, but not all, right? Some have just gone somewhere else because they can't stand me. But some have just, they they, they can't take it anymore. And the the foundation wasn't there, and they've just fallen by the wayside, unfortunately. That's why we've got to reach out to them, love on them, encourage them. But there are some who have left because they're like, you know what? I didn't sign up for this. I'm done. And it's not just this fellowship. Every pastor I talk to, the same thing is happening in their churches as what's happening here. Same exact thing. It's amazing. It's a spiritual thing that's happening, folks. Are we awake to it? But a clear conscience... So wonderful, but a seared conscience is one that goes beyond feeling. The heart is no longer convicted when it sins because when it's seared, nothing is able to get in and the defilement from within is not able to be purged. I think of it like a nice steak. When you take that ribeye or that porterhouse out of the package of Wegmans, you know, and it's got that nice little seal on it and you open it up and it's all bloody and it's a big mess and you slap it on the grill and you put it on high because you have to put the grill on high, right, to sear both sides for at least two minutes, right, before you turn the heat down. So anyway, you, you sear that steak, and what, what happens? It, it seals the pores of that steak so that the juices inside don't escape. That's what makes it juicy. And then it cooks. And then you flip it over on the other side on high for a few minutes to sear it as well. And that, those juices on the inside don't escape. You don't want those to escape. And see, that, leave it up to a man to think like this, right? A steak. But the idea is similar. When your conscience is seared, that's what happens. The putrefying mess inside can't get out. Nothing can come in. It just stays inside. And that's why we need to be careful. But he said, Lord, who is it? Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is he to whom I have given a piece of bread that when I have dipped it. And having dipped the bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon. And again, this was a great honor for Judas to have this. And notice, now after the piece of bread, notice again, Satan entered him. And Jesus said to him, What you do, do quickly. This is at least the second time Satan entered him. Maybe he was already there and just... You know, we, we don't really know. It doesn't really matter. The main thing is that Judas was possessed by the devil himself. For some thought, because Judas had the money box that Jesus had said to him, by those, notice there's still some doubt about what Jesus spoke and, 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 and what he said and what he meant by it. For some thought, because Judas had the money box that Jesus had said to him, buy those things we need for the feast or that he should give something to the poor. You know, they, they, they didn't really know. But having received the piece of bread, he went out immediately and it was night. It was night. 
evil things happen in the darkness. Most evil deeds are done in darkness, but not all evil deeds are done in darkness. Some are done, done in broad daylight right in front of our face. You know, I was thinking of 9-11, the morning of 9-11. Remember that Tuesday morning? It was beautifully, the sky was blue, clear, beautiful sky that fall morning. And yet, sun was coming up. It was a beautiful day, one of the nicest days. And yet one of the most evil things in our country happened on that day when all around us things looked great. Looked like the beginning of a perfect day. And yet one of the most evil things happened on our soil. So when he had gone out, verse 31, Jesus said to him, Now the Son of Man is glorified, and if God is glorified in him, and if God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him immediately. Little children, I, I, I shall be with you a little longer, but you will seek me. And as I said to the Jews, where I'm going, you cannot come. So now I say to you. And where was Jesus going? Well, he was going to the cross. He was going to go into the grave, neither of which they had gone and couldn't go, but the place that they really couldn't go yet because they would seek him, but they would not find him. Jesus, remember, 40 days after his crucifixion, after his resurrection, it wasn't until 40 days later that he ascended to the Father. The place where he originated from, he ascended back to the Father. And Jesus said to them, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Notice the example, as I loved you, that you also may love one another. In other words, follow the model, guys, that I've shown to you. Jesus doesn't expect to treat us to treat people better than what he would treat him. He's the master. His standard is the standard that we need to uh, rise to. We need to rise to his standard, not bring his standard down to us. We, man does that all the time in religion. They bring God down, and God says, no, keep me up, and you come up. We need to come up to him. We don't want to drag him down. Last thing I want is a God who looks like me, who acts like me. A God that will go out drinking with me. A God that is willing to, you know, talk dirty jokes with me. I don't want a God like that. Most people do. Some people do. But I want a God who's so far above that, man, I'm just like jaws dropping all the time. Hitting the ground, dragging along the dust, man. I got like a mouthful of dirt. Because I'm amazed at who he is. Aren't you amazed at who he is? Can I hear an amen? All right, I know you guys are... It's a tough time of year, isn't it? Things are starting to get a little interesting. He says, I've loved you. And Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. They're not burdensome. They're only right. By this, verse 35, all will know that you are my disciples if you love, if you agape one another for one another. This is how the world, this is how they're going to know that you're my disciples, by your love. And, um, and notice, this is how the world will know. As if we love one another. The question is, are we loving one another the way the Lord would have us to? 
I share with you a lyric of a song. It says, love that is seen means much more than love that's just heard. Isn't it true? Love that's, on, that's being demonstrated in a very practical way, that means a lot more than just saying, hey, I love you. But love, real love, true love, is love that actually does something. It doesn't just say it. It does say it, but it also backs it up with the walk. It doesn't just talk the talk, but it walks the walk. And that's what Jesus did. And we don't want our love to grow cold. In the last days, uh, because wickedness will abound, lawlessness abounding, the love of many will grow cold. We don't want that to happen to us. Verse 36, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered him, where I'm going, you cannot follow me now, but you shall follow me afterwards. It's a very natural question for him to ask. Peter said, Lord, how can I follow you now? Why can't I follow you down? Follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Peter, so full of self-confidence, didn't understand his own humanity. And if you're like me, I, I think I know who I am, but the truth of the matter is when I'm when circumstances come into my life, I find out that I'm really not all that I thought I was. And God has a way of doing that to each of us. And he does it so that we might know. He doesn't do it to harm us. He doesn't do it to break our hearts, in, in a sense. But I, I need to know, what am I really, who am I, who am I? Who am I in him? And the Lord's going, Rob, the only way you're going to know who you really are and what you really are made of is when I bring these storms, when I bring these challenges, when I bring these, consequ- these circumstances in your life, and you're going to respond, and I know what you're, you're going to respond, and I love you for everything that you're doing, but you've got to know where you stand. You've got to know where your conviction is. Where is your conviction, Mr. Kellogg? <laughs> Say, Lord, I have no clue. And he goes, well, I know. I'm going to allow something in your life that's going to bring that to the surface because I love you. You need to know. And then you'll have every confidence in me, not your own strength. And what the thing I find, and then Jesus answered him finally the verse, last verse, Will you lay down your life for my sake, Jesus said to him? Most assuredly, I say to you, the rooster shall not crow till you have denied me three times. Look at John chapter 18 today and read through it. You will see... Peter denying the Lord, not betraying him, but denying him. Isn't it funny? Actually, it's not funny at all. But I think it's interesting in chapter 13 that we're looking at, Jesus exposes two people. He exposes Judas first because he's the one who's going to betray him, the one who was filled with Satan himself. And then he's also going to draw out another disciple who was very self-confident, Peter. He was going to draw him out as well. And Peter wouldn't betray Jesus, he would deny him. There's a difference. He didn't betray him, he just denied him three times. And again, look at John chapter 18 and you'll see these denials of Peter. And it really is a bitter pill, isn't it? To think that you're something. Jesus was the one who, or um, uh, Peter was the one who boasted, Lord, I'll never leave you. Everyone can leave you, but I won't leave you. And Jesus said, you know, before this evening is through, Peter, you're going to deny me three times that you even knew me. And he's like, that's not going to happen. And what happened in the garden? Peter did try to defend him, you know, his own honor, his own thing. What did he do? He took out a sword. And I don't believe he was looking to cut off Malchus's ear. 
I think he took that sword and he went back. He was going to take his head off. And that man, very fortunately, glanced and took his ear off. I think Peter was going for the head because he wanted to prove to the Lord his devotion to him. And the Lord put away your sword, Peter. And he reaches down and he grabs the ear and he grabs Malchus. Amazing. Isn't that amazing? Loving his enemy. Loving his enemy. Boy, that's a... I find it interesting, and I didn't plan this. But right at the end of this chapter, verse 38 of this chapter, immediately after that, you know what happens chronologically? The very next thing that happens is the institution of the Lord's Supper. Communion, where Jesus instituted that at that Passover meal, that last Passover meal. And so as the worship team comes on up, this is what happened very next after verse 38. Judas wasn't there. Judas wasn't at. He was at the Last Supper, but when Jesus took the bread and the cup, Judas had already left. He was not part of this. And you and I have this opportunity to remember the blood and the body of Christ that was broken and given on our behalf. And so as the worship team uh, begins to worship, if you would, just come up of your own volition, grab the, the bread and the cup, and bring it back to your seat, and we'll take it together, okay? And after verse 38, it says for us in Matthew 26, verse 26, that's the very next thing that happens. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took bread and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup and he gave thanks and he gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, or the new testament, which is shed for you, for, the, for many, for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. When Jesus returns for the church and we're in glory with him, we're going to have it with him in heaven. I'm looking forward to that day. Let's take this Hokins. Take the bread and the cup. And why don't we stand together and let's pray. And uh, I pray that God would encourage you this week as you're making final preparations for the times together with your family and friends that it would be the sweetest time ever, that this Christmas would be the very best Christmas in spite of and in lieu of (laughs) all the things that are going on and the things that have rattled you, the things that have brought you to the end of yourself, the things that have maybe even frightened you. Pray that it would be the very best. Better than any other time in our history, may this Christmas be the best for you and your family. May the light of Christ fill us to overflowing. And may we sense his presence and sense his love and be so willing to be vessels for the master's use. Father, how we thank you, how we praise you for your goodness. And Lord, we look forward to what you're going to do and all that you've promised to do. Lord, you're the God who, you're the covenant keeper. You're the promise keeper. And Lord, we're thankful that we are your children. And thank you that we can just crawl up into your lap, God, and lay all of our cares, cast all of our cares before you and allow you to wipe the tears from our eyes. 
We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all the time we have for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.